MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, October 31st, 2019. Ooh, Halloween. <laughs> Today, Judge Hal denies the Mueller grand jury material stay. State Department officials offer new details about Ukraine. Bolton is being asked to testify. The impeachment rules and omissions from the Zelensky call. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And special guest host, Julie Lynn. Hello. How are you? I am very well. How are you? Welcome. Down from Sacramento. Thank you. uh, Employee of the UC system uh, and extraordinary social media. So funny on Facebook. Yes. (laughs) Very happy to have you here. Uh, Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. What do you do for UC? Are you allowed to say? I prefer not to. That's totally fine. (laughs) That's totally fine. (laughs) I would. Yeah, I would. I would second that. Yeah. Well, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a quasi-governmental institution, <laughs> I imagine. Thank yeah. You. Yes. Nobody even knows what agency I worked for after two years yeah. of doing this show. Well, I used to work there, and I no longer work there. And uh, one time I was, like, talking shit on Trump on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I replied to one <laughs> of his one statuses. Day. Yes. It was something... It was not eloquently stated. It was like, you fucking piece of shit. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) That sounds pretty damn eloquent to me. Yeah. yeah, It was just very angry. And then uh, some lady who is pro-Trump looked me up, found out that I worked there, and she was like, I'm sure your boss at fill in the blank where I worked wouldn't be happy to see that you're like a, I don't know, patriot. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. Politically though. aware. Yeah, How dare you? and it's and she said that she like contacted my boss, and it's like, dude, you're trying to like ruin my life over this. People yeah, are crazy. Same thing happened to me. I made some sort of anti-gun or gun control post, and mm-hmm. somebody printed it out and faxed it to the public relations office at my agency, where over three hundred thousand people work. And they're like, okay, cool. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, very fun. Uh, good times. But we are so glad to have you here. Yes. We do have a lot of news too to get to. What? <laughs> to to you to you to look up here. Look look to G two. It's like G two G, but uh, inverted <laughs> to get to. <laughs> I'd say you're talking my language, but I don't understand what the hell anyone's saying. <laughs> it's all shorthand. All right. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by 2D2. <laughs> Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, late Wednesday, in typical fashion, the New York Times dropped a bomb right after we finished recording that Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, the active duty Army colonel that testified for over 10 hours Tuesday to the impeachment committees, said that the call transcript Trump released had some glaring omissions of crucial words and phrases. As we know, Colonel Vindman was on the call, and basically what happens is these high-level advisors will listen in, review the transcripts as taken by transcribers and a voice recognition software program, and then make edits to reflect missing words and sentences, because we've all used voice to text. Right. And it, and so... Robots don't have souls. Yeah, so some things will be... <laughs> That's the Trump administration. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So some things look <laughs> weird, you know, so they'll, they'll be like, oh, that was this, and then that was this. And... According to Vindman, he made these edits, and some of his edits made it in 
but the ones that included these keywords were rejected. One of the omissions was when Trump said there were recordings of former Vice President Joe Biden discussing Ukraine corruption. And another was an explicit mention by Zelensky of Burisma. And the Burisma one I kind of understand uh, because the word Burisma, when I do it in voice to text, comes off as bro, he's ma. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> and so that really reflects more of what you're normally saying. <laughs> bro, he's ma. Bro. He's my bro. Bro, he's ma. And so he apparently Vindman, Colonel Vindman saw that and, you know, circled it, crossed it out, wrote Burisma, but they never fixed it in the transcript. They put ellipses in instead hmm. or an ellipsis. And convenient. And we noted that when it first this call transcript, quote unquote, came out, everyone was like, this isn't there's ellipses all over the ellipses all over the place here. There's stuff missing. It's obvious. And even it says on the thing that this is a memorandum. It's not a complete transcript. Um, and Vindman told the impeachment committees, he tried to change the reconstructed transcript made by the White House staff to reflect the omissions. And like I said, some of his edits got in, but those two corrections were not made. Um, the rough transcript also includes these ellipses at three specific points when Trump is speaking. And Vindman said the third ellipses is where Trump talks about the Biden tapes. He's talking to Zelensky about investigating the Biden's used a lot of corruption. You should look into it, dot, dot, dot. That sounds pretty bad to me. And it was in that dot, dot, dot that he mentions these Biden tapes. And he's probably referencing Biden's comments at a January 2018 event about his effort to force out its prosecutor, General Shokin. And or excuse me, Prosecutor General Shokin. And I assume Trump thinks he can use that against Biden, though everybody wanted Shokin out because right. of his gross failure to investigate corruption in Ukraine. And it's like if he got him out, presumably so someone could come in to investigate corruption, if Biden's son was engaging in anything that was corrupt, they inevitably would have investigated him. So it's like not even logical that Biden would have Mm -hmm. done that if he was also doing something sketchy. Right. So Trump has this thing where Biden's like, you know, corruption, we need to get Shokin out and et cetera, et cetera. And and Trump's like, oh, you see? And But at the IMF, everybody in the EU wanted this guy he, out. Biden was addressing it in the capacity of the vice presidency as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just him out there going rogue saying these right. things. He was, he was making a stand as a representative of America. Right. Yeah, and he wasn't asked, he wasn't blackmailing somebody or bribing somebody or extorting somebody to right. give him in return stuff that would personally benefit him. It was right. for the U.S. policy exactly. uh, as you, with Ukraine as our ally. Uh, Vindman testified there is no recording of the call on the American side, so it will be vital uh, that there are other witnesses that will testify to the transcript emissions. Otherwise, we're just in a he said, he said territory unless Ukraine has a tape of this call. Mm. So there's only the record in that super top secret system, and that's it. There's no voice recording of it. Right. That seems like uh, a huge oversight. On mm-hmm. our side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. On our side. A convenient oversight. Yes, it is. Yeah. Did they always not have the voice recordings? Uh, they didn't. He didn't testify to that either way. Huh. Uh, but one explanation for why the changes were not made uh, that Vindman recommended is because John Eisenberg, the general counsel that Bolton told Hill and Vindman to air their grievances to, ordered the transcript moved quickly into the code word classified system to limit access to prevent leaks. And putting it in that server makes it very hard to edit. So, uh, and and as we know, it was hair on fire after the call, after the presidents hung up. Everyone was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, what? Uh, and they're like, what do we do? You tell him, you go talk to Eisenberg. Bolton's like, ah, oh, my mustache. And then, 
And then all of a sudden, you know, he's trying to make these script changes, which he does after the White House gives him the thing. And then they it's too late then. I think Eisenberg already shoved it in the system. So Hmm. um, they didn't want to go back in and change it. And they didn't change it before they released it to the public. And uh, if you remember, Stephanie Grisham, White House press secretary, said there's nothing missing. Those ellipses, those ellipses just mean you know, somebody's voice is trailing off. Um, there's th- This is a full <laughs> account of the... Th- and that is just a blatant lie. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, all of Obama's transcripts of speeches would have ellipses all over the place. <laughs> uh, He's a trail uh, off. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you say ellipses. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he did testify, Vindman Ted did testify that Eisenberg was the one who made the call to move the transcript. Um on his own. He did it on his own without consulting the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone. So uh, other news here about the uh, testif- uh, testimonies. Bolton has been invited. Invited. RSVP, bro. Yes, no. Check this box. God. Engraved invitation. Word- yeah, seriously. <laughs> the words you get when you're white. I know. <laughs> invited. Cordially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bench warrant or invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So next week is when they've asked him to testify. It's still unclear if he will show up. His testimony would be very significant because of all the folks that have already testified about Bolton and his reaction to the shadow Ukraine policy, calling what Giuliani was doing a drug deal and referring to him as a hand grenade. Not a wrecking ball, but a hand grenade. And multiple witnesses have testified. (laughs) He comes in on a wrecking ball. Yeah, (laughs) I'm doing my best. um, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus face right now. The the tongue. Yeah, never mind. And she can't keep it in there. No, it's always it's like just vile. It's like a dog that lost all of its teeth in a sad accident, and the t- the tongue is just out. She's like permanent malem. Yes. What if she has somebody whose job it is to come along occasionally and poke it in there so it doesn't dry out? Yeah. Tuck in your tongue. Tuck it in. Miley, your tongue's out again. <laughs> Damn it! I came in like a looking bag. <laughs> Patty and a Okay, just <laughs> sing every Miley Cyrus song with your tongue out from now on. Oh. And that, 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 that. Okay, multiple witnesses now have testified to Bolton's reaction to the July 10th meeting. We've talked about this so many times where Sundlin asked for investigations of the Ukrainians in exchange for White House meetings. Uh, and Fiona Hill and, and Colonel Vindman, along with Bill Taylor, said Bolton ended that meeting early. He was like, is that a direct quote? Yeah. That's the Bolton mustache sound. I think he has that mustache because there isn't actually a mouth in there. He's just been hiding his non mouth this whole time. Something out of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, the Twilight Zone. That's where they pull open the curtain and it's not a window, it's a zoo. Some kid just takes his mouth away, gives him a mustache. Mustache for hiding. <laughs> exactly. Ah, it's a beard oh, of a mustache. Amazing. I see. <laughs> and Bolton told them. Bolton told all, all these people to go to John Eisenberg. Go tell it to John Eisenberg, and he's the NSC head counsel. And uh, House Foreign Affairs Chair Elliot Engel has said they could subpoena Bolton if he doesn't agree to uh, if he doesn't RSVP <laughs> to his invite to his formal invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want the chicken or the fish? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Dem. Uh, Representative Cedric Richmond from the judiciary says Bolton's testimony is vital to gathering all the facts that they will eventually turn over to the Judiciary Committee for the drafting of the articles of impeachment. So they're, this is all that's mm-hmm. happening. Well on its way. And, of course, I have to ask, you know, will Bolton file suit like Kupperman did, his number two guy? Because mm-hmm. Kupperman was like, I don't know, subpoena from Congress or 
White House executive, I need I need a tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. So he asked the courts. Um, John Eisenberg, speaking of Eisenberg, has also been asked to testify next week, been uh, given an invite. Uh, and Bill Taylor, first one now to say he's willing to testify publicly. I don't know if he's if others have been asked and, and been turned down, but I think he was asked and he answered. He will testify publicly. Uh, I think he's the first of the witnesses, like I said, to agree to this. He will lay out the actions of the administration, proving that, that there was bribery and extortion. That's what he's going to do in, in a public-facing inquiry. And we're going to go over the rules for the public-facing inquiry in <clears throat> after our, our break, which isn't yet. So hold on. <laughs> um, the cliffhanger to the cliffhanger. <laughs> Our break is coming up in a minute. Um, from from the Washington Post Wednesday, we learned that John Sullivan, the deputy secretary of state and Trump's nominee to be the next ambassador to Russia, told the Senate Foreign Relations Committee in a hearing today that soliciting investigations into domestic political opponents, I don't think that would be in accord with our values. <laughs> the concept of investigating a political rival would be inconsistent with our values. Mm -hmm. According to Washington Post, Sullivan wanted to draw a line between his sentiment and what transpired in Ukraine, indicating he'd be fine if it were part of a larger investigation into corruption. But as we know, that's not that's not what's happening here. Right. Trump has only mentioned two specific investigations, one into Biden and <laughs> one into the conclusion of, that Russia hacked our elections, uh, all in exchange for releasing military aid, a meeting at the White House and trade recommendations. So there's not one shred of evidence that this was a broader, um, you know, sort of thing to stop corruption, corruption. Stand against yeah. corruption. Mm -hmm. So he is not with Trump then? Or was he trying to say that that's not what happened? He's trying to toe the line between it's bad to ask a foreign country for political help uh, in an election. Mm -hmm. But I still but, want my job. But I don't think that's what happened here. I'm good. Come on, I want to be ambassador to Russia. Come on, quit asking <laughs> yeah. me those questions. I'm so close. <laughs> uh, Russia might play a part in Ukraine. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, Sullivan also refused to defend Sondland and Volker when asked directly if they were uh, what, what they were doing was proper. He he was just like I, I like their hair. Like he didn't he just didn't answer. Um, he also was asked about Masha Yovanovitch, who testified. Sullivan told her that there was an effort to push her out of the State Department. Dem Senator Menendez asked if he was aware of such an effort, and he said, I was. And then Menendez followed up, and uh, Shaheen also asked if Giuliani participated in the smear campaign of Yovanovitch, and Sullivan, Sullivan said, I believe he was, yes. Uh, I was aware Giuliani was involved in Ukraine issues. My knowledge in particular in the April, May, June timeframe focused on his campaign against our ambassador to Ukraine. But then he said repeatedly that if the president had lost confidence in her, her removal was appropriate. So he's hmm. just towing that line, mm -hmm. trying to get that job, but trying not to lie. He already has a job, though, right? <clears throat> yeah. How long has he had it for, do you know? Nope. Mm. I do not know. But this was his confirmation hearing mm. to be the ambassador to Russia. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Awkward. <laughs> well, hopefully he hasn't had the job for that long, then, if he's still going through confirmation hearings. <laughs> we confirm... Don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> we confirm you're definitely ambiguous. Yeah. Interesting way to put it. Uh, we are going to go over the new rules, which are so cool. The impeachment rules that they're going to be voting on Thursday as soon as we get back from this break. Here it's happening for real this time. Nice. Hey, it's AG, and I travel a lot, and I rely on the Les Mills on-demand app so I can work out 
or de-stress in my hotel room when I'm on the road or from the comfort of my own home. Less Mills On Demand has over 800 workouts for all levels and all fitness goals brought to you by over 140,000 certified trainers in 20,000 clubs and gyms across 110 countries. Uh, the workouts last from 15 to 55 minutes, so they suit all levels. And right now, they're providing a 21-day free trial of their fitness app, so you can kickstart your health plan or keep it going. And they have such a wide variety of workouts, from yoga and strength training to martial arts and dance. They even have mind-body wellness programs, so you can de-stress. Uh, I love the high-intensity interval workouts, and Les Mills is always adding new workouts, so it keeps the variety fresh. I also love the online global fitness community and private Facebook group that keeps me motivated and positive. And right now, for our listeners, we have a special offer from Les Mills On Demand where you can get 21 days of free access to their fitness app. So don't wait and go to trylessmills.com slash dailybeans to get this special. Once again, that's T-R-Y-L-E-S-M-I-L-L-S. Trylessmills.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you get. All right, welcome back. Today, Christopher Anderson, Mr. Anderson, a career foreign service officer testified and referred again to John Bolton, saying he called Giuliani an obstacle in the U.S. alliance with Ukraine. So now we've got Bolton calling him a hand grenade, uh, what he was doing, a drug deal, and he's an obstacle. Uh, another indication that Bolton's testimony would be very important to the impeachment proceedings. And this just in, this just across my desk, do 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 Tim Morrison is said to be resigning from his position in the National Security Council before he testifies. Mm -hmm. And we thought he might, but mm -hmm. like we didn't put like too heavy, like heavy beans on it. But I think we kind of said that everyone's just going to resign before they before they testify. Yeah. He only had that job for three months, I think I saw. Yeah. Very short time. Uh, he took the place of Fiona Hill. And in, when, in those Sundland-Volker texts with Bill Taylor, when they say, I'm going to talk to Hill's replacement, they're referring to Tim Morrison. Yes. And that's why Bill Taylor probably mentioned him 15 times in his opening statement. So he, you know, he spoke with him a, a lot. And so uh, that is a signal that it's going to just be a more of the same. Um, you know, and, and, and most of these testimonies are just pretty much the same thing. There was a quid pro quo. He was taken. He was holding military aid. He was holding White House meetings until... He publicly said on a microphone, Zelensky himself, in a public box, that he was going to investigate 2016 and Joe Biden or Burisma. Yeah. And it, and I think I think that every once in a while we'll get a new tidbit, like when Vindeman said they omitted stuff from the thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'll get these little tidbits. I don't know what uh, what Tim Morrison, this is his first testimony. So it could, it, it will definitely confirm everything we already know, but who knows what else he knows. Yeah. Aside from it, like not dealing with the bullshit anymore, what do you really get from resigning, though? Because you're still going to get the White House saying that what you're going to say is under executive privilege or something and you can't testify anyway, even if you're a private citizen at that point. Right. I guess. And it probably will not hold up in court. But for now, it's like the same bullshit, it seems. I would imagine that he's probably not comfortable working at the State Department. I imagine that's it fair. would be <laughs> very fair. Or, excuse me, the National Security Council, which is under yeah. State Department. Yeah, that's fair. He's probably getting a lot know. of shit. At a certain point, I'd just be like, fuck you, dude. You're going to get the fuck out of this place. I'm staying. <laughs> 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 you can't get rid of me. I'm a government employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We'll I have just more move. experience than you. We'll just move your job across country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kansas. <laughs> Welcome, USDA. Welcome to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Moo. <laughs> You guys are USDA, right? That has cows. Go to Kansas. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, and as these uh, closed-door depositions continue, more names are coming out 
uh, like I said, these it's generally the same testimony, these concentric circles, but we're getting these additional little tidbits that, that are kind of widening the uh, the investigation in, uh, into the shadow foreign policy scandal. And today, Catherine Croft, who works as a special advisor to Ukraine, talked about Mick Mulvaney, who she, who she says put the hold on the Ukraine aid as directed by Trump. She testified to that mm-hmm. th- today and which makes sense we suspected this we assumed this it came from trump because he's the chief of staff for trump but he's also working in the office of management and budget what a great way to control the budget by mm-hmm. having your chief of staff mm-hmm. uh, make those budgetary decisions so questions about mick mulvaney continue to grow and his as his role goes deeper as the depositions continue and rep jerry Connolly, dem on the oversight committee says it's puzzling that someone at the office of M- management and budget would play a foreign policy role uh, and would make a decision to suspend aid to an ally that is fighting active Russian aggression on its territory. Like, hmm. Yeah, it seems like that office would more so be maybe the administrative side of things, not so much the foreign policy side. <laughs> well, that's exactly. where you exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you want to look into what happened to the former um, guy at, at the head of OMB. And why your chief of staff, who is the one who's ultimately going to freeze this funding, also happens to run the OMB. It's like mm-hmm. there's he's it's it's like he put all these people in yeah. certain places and removed others that yeah. were obstacles, mm-hmm. uh, not a Giuliani obstacle, but a Yovanovitch obstacle. It's two mm-hmm. kind of obstacles, um, and it's so that you could clear the path to execute this bribery, um, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's gross. So then it's unprecedented for chief of staffs to serve in a large capacity in a, an office like that. If you're chief of staff, very much so. That's yeah. a full time job in itself. Mm. It's like two jobs, right? Yeah. That's generally your only fucking yeah. hat. Yeah. But, Does know. that mean uh, Mulvaney's the new Jared Kushner? Oh, God. <laughs> Kushner or is or out. <laughs> <laughs> Mulvaney's in. Did his did he get his background check passed or something? Mulvaney? Yeah. Is that why he's any of them? (laughs) Otherwise Kushner would be in charge of the office management budget and the chief of staff. He's got time on his hands. Yes. Yeah, what does he even do now? What is he up to? Everything and yet nothing. Right. He goes on TV. Being a father, (laughs) quote unquote. Are you talking about Kush? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. They have kids, right? Tries to get his shoulders. <laughs> okay. Presumably. Tries, yeah. tries to get his shoulders Regretably. widened. I don't know. <laughs> does he have narrow shoulders? <laughs> if he doesn't, he does metaphorically. I love that. That's such a specific <laughs> insult. <laughs> it was like when I suggested shoulders. when somebody said Roger Stone was at a hair salon, and I was like, is he yeah. getting his head pointed? Yeah. <laughs> you can fit through tiny doors, you idiot. <laughs> you could unlock doors with your head. <laughs> All righty. Easy to give birth to. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a plus. Yeah, that's a plus for narrow shoulders. It sucks when they suck as a person, though, because then more of them can come out. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Well, there's a photo, family photo Amanda pulled up of their three kids. Nice. As far as we know. Interesting. That he knows of, right? Gross. Right? I give you no brownie points for having adorable children. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're pretty cute. (laughs) They are cute. That was me viciously inserting a compliment. They are. (laughs) Just with rage. They are. I remember uh, when Matthew Miller came on our show. Was it in Brooklyn? No. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And uh, we called him the good kush. Yeah. He's a good good looking kushner. Yep. I remember that. Hey, Matthew Miller, what's up? Or I should say good kushner looking just so it's not creepy. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. So of the, all the people I've admitted being attracted to, and I balk at Matthew. You balk Miller. at Matthew. Yeah, Miller? That's yeah. Interesting because he's not. I'll a say dick. it. I think I know. 
I know. You if got, you were a Republican, I would come out saying I think he's attractive. See, it's a weird thing I have. <laughs> I don't know. See, most people when they're like, my, you know, my daughter likes bad boys or all women like assholes or whatever. You thinking like biker dudes, <laughs> long hair, leather jackets, tattoos, uh, piercings. For you, it's Republicans. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into those <laughs> thick trickle down boys. <laughs> 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 Wow. There's a visual I'll never get out of my head now. Thank you very much. It's also really good alliteration. Yes. Or you, spelled C, you, you spelled it with a K. It's two C's. Oh, I'm right? sorry. <laughs> sorry. She, she just get, outed me as right. writing that down. Can, should I put trickle with two C's? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Two K's? Three Her. K's? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Thick trickle down. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, why thick? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go over the new supplemental impeachment rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty four thirty is a cough. <clears throat> In case you didn't know. C O U G H. Just kidding. All right, so <laughs> new supplemental rule. This is this. This is a supplement to the resolution that went to the rules committee, etc. Uh, so here we go, and I'm not going to read all of them. But there's some really good ones, and I, let me see if I can get to them really quick. The, it just opens up saying the committee may receive hearing presentations from counsel designated by the chairs and the ranking minority members for the majority and minority of a committee, which provides a report, records, or other materials. In addition, the committee may receive from committee counsel um, for the majority and minority uh, at a hearing uh, pr- presentation consisting you can get presentations so they're either written statements in paragraph form information believed by the council to be pertinent to the inquiry description of the scope and manner of the presentation so he's talking about presentations and that both the minority and the majority can can turn those in and hand them in then we get to the additional evidence part i mean there's more stuff in there about you know mm-hmm. how er- all sides can hand stuff in mm-hmm. basically uh, presentations, documents, PowerPoint presentations, tiny violins, photos, tiny violins, interpretive dance, small hammocks. <laughs> um, and then we get to the additional evidence. Any committee member may bring additional evidence, any committee member, in writing to the committee's attention. The president's lawyer shall be invited to respond orally or in writing and sh- shall be determined by the chair in consultation with the ranking minority member. This is where it gets good. Should the president's counsel wish the committee to receive additional testimony or other evidence, he or she shall be invited to submit written requests and precise summaries of what he or she would propose to show. And in the case of a witness, precisely and in detail, what is expected the testimony of the witness would be if called. Uh, on the basis of such requests and summaries and uh, and of the record then before it, the committee shall determine whether the suggested evidence is necessary or desirable to a full and fair record in the inquiry, and, if so, whether the summary shall be accepted as part of the record or additional testimony or evidence in some other form shall be received, subject to instructions from the chair or presiding member respecting at the time. Um, oh, excuse me. Subject to instructions from the chair or presiding member, not the minority. Right. And uh, it and it, this says respecting the time, scope, and duration of any examination or presentation. In making such a determination, notwithstanding Rule 2 of the Committee of the Judiciary Rules of Procedure, the chair may schedule a committee meeting subject to the notice procedures for a committee meeting under Clause 2. Um, witnesses, if and when witnesses are to be called, the following additional procedures shall be applicable. So basically they're saying here, if you want 
<clears throat> a witness or to submit evidence, you mm-hmm. got to do it in writing to the chair and the committee will consider it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, the Democrat or Republicans are going to hate that. Yeah, they're going to be very mad. Yeah. They're going to call it this. This is going to be fuel for the sham process. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It will be, which kind of is a bummer mm-hmm. because it's such a win, obviously, for the process, but it's just going to be so blown up on Fox News and everything. It's true, but no matter what they do, they're going to say yeah, that. It'll be wrong. So right. I think they had a meeting and we're like, no matter what rules we put out, they're going to hate it. So let's put Might out the well rules we want. You want. Yeah. yeah, totally. And then it says the president and his counsel shall be invited to attend all hearings. Trump sitting there <laughs> <laughs> with his arms crossed. like. Oh, God. Yeah. So he, he can he can show up and his lawyers can show up with, I don't know, that secular uh, maybe what an awkward thing if he actually did that. like brings Giuliani <laughs> Giuliani comes barging in just a moment oh my gosh <laughs> Giuliani's like can I bring Lev Parnas please yeah he has an ankle bracelet on <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans keep setting off the, <laughs> the, the metal, metal detector, detector. <laughs> with their ankle jewelry oh my god so he can sit in on hearings and executive session And then this is cool. Objections relating to the examination of witnesses or to the admissibility of testimony and evidence may be raised only by a witness or his counsel, uh, a member of the committee, committee counsel or the president's counsel, and shall be ruled upon by the chair. Uh, Such rulings shall be final unless overruled by a vote of the majority of members present. (laughs) So... Adam so Schiff be, decides mm-hmm. if they don't like it, they take a vote in the committee, of mm-hmm. which there are more Democrats than Republicans. Hell yeah. In the case of a tie vote, the ruling of the chair shall prevail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the chair is basically just the judge presiding over this whole ordeal. A kind like of. Like sustaining objections I mean, it's and a grand, I think he's the lead prosecutor, because this is more of a grand jury situation, so there's no judge in a grand jury, there's just a, a lead prosecutor. So I think that would probably be a closer mm. sort of role. Mm-hmm. Than a judge. Yeah, I guess I just more mean like, but he's also calls. Yeah, but he's also the committee chair, right. so that gives him that authority just as just by being the chair. Of the right. Committee. Yeah, they're already doing that with Roberts rules. Is that what they called in Congress? That's what we called it in college. Roberts rules <laughs> of order revised. Yes, it is. Okay. <clears throat> Does everybody use Roberts rules? I it's, don't. It's a it's a standard. But yeah. It, okay. Good yeah. to know. I don't well, know if it was I'd just... most people don't, but yeah. Yeah, it is out there in the business world. Oh, yeah. Fuck okay. Robert. God, I cannot imagine <laughs> a stupid biz- fucking rules. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, how lame what was Robert? Who does he think he is? <laughs> Robert's rules suck. Who's Robert? <laughs> what kind of name is Robert? Does he have a last name, Robert? <laughs> I think his last name is Roberts. Really? <laughs> I don't think it's Robert. Robert's I don't think it's possessive. I, I wish it was, though. I, I, yeah. There's a Ro- Robert somebody out there now just going... <laughs> My rules. My rules. My rules. They keep order. They've been revised. (laughs) Over and over again. I think it's Roberts. Mr. Roberts. Okay. So like Roberts's... So it's Henry Fonda? Rules. (laughs) Ah, it is. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, you should really be here more just so AG can have her references understood <laughs> yeah, and I vice know, versa. I know, the, the two oldies. Yeah, <laughs> I feel a spark in my heart just lit up watching her be able to connect with you on our reference. <laughs> She's usually just throwing it out to the black hole when it's just me here. Here's my favorite part. At the discretion of the chair, um, the chair and ranking minority member shall be permitted to question witnesses for equal specified periods of longer than five minutes, as determined by the chair. The time available for each period of questioning under this section shall be equal for the chair and the ranking member, minority member. The chair may confer recognition for multiple periods of such questioning, but each period of questioning shall not exceed 90 minutes in the aggregate. Only the chair and ranking minority member 
or committee counsel yielded to by the chair or ranking minority member may question witnesses during this period. That is so much better than that oh. five minute start and stop mm-hmm. bullshit. And if it's if it goes uh, to the chair and the ranking minority member and they mm-hmm. don't have counsel, which I'm sure they will, it mm-hmm. would be Schiff versus Nunez for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, I know. And that'd be ple- that would be pleasant to me. Yeah. Uh, but they're probably going to defer to their counsel like Barry Burke did. Like we had that in that other um, what was that? The House that was judiciary, I think. Anyway, I've sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, that means for 45 minutes each, we get a counsel to question, and that happens first. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. I have a question. If any of the GOP people are like, because everybody's going to conceivably get five minutes, right? Or how they normally do congressional hearings. When Not until after these counsels go. But eventually but yes. they will. Yes. So yeah. the, the, the next part says, at the conclusion of questioning, the committee shall proceed with questioning under the five-minute rule. Okay, cool. So I'm thinking under the evidence rule that is before the one that you just read, if some GOPer tries to make some crazy claim, are they allowed to be objected to and required to provide an actual piece of evidence behind that claim? Or would that just... I right. don't think so. No, I think so. they have. They're, so they're still just they just able to say the whatever the hell they want. Yeah, yeah and I think that's pursuant to Clause 2, J2A of Rule 11, which is the thing that allows the five-minute questioning back and forth. You can, you, so you you can just... Ha- you'd have to use the five minutes to address mm-hmm. what they alleged in the longer period. Yeah. That was not objected to at the time. You don't mm-hmm. have to, though. You can sit right. there and talk right. about the steel dossier for five minutes. Right. Which I guarantee Nunez will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> actually, and I don't know if the chair and the minority ranking member get those five minutes as well. Um, that'd be cool if they did. I assume that they would because they are members of the committee. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think they can. Uh, if the GOPers can just talk for about whatever they want for five minutes. Yeah, because I don't know how it is in a court of law, but if someone just starts spewing shit that's completely unfounded and has like no evidence entered into the record that supports it, are they also just allowed to say whatever they want? Or would that no, be, object- object- it'd be objected? It'd be objected to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so someone who does that is elected president. Yeah. <laughs> but as this isn't a trial. Right, right, yeah. But um, it's kind of like a quasi-trial, right? Because it has some of, elements of yeah. one. So I was yeah. wondering if it had any sort of accountability in that sense. They, they, didn't, didn't, they didn't put it in here. They, they might cover it later in, uh, during cross-examination, but... Um, which I think is mentioned, we'll get to it, but um, the pre- it says here now that um, the president's counsel may question any witness called before the committee, subject to instructions from the chair or presiding member respecting the time, scope, and duration of the examination. So that rule right there might give Schiff the ability to say, ah, no, 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 we're not talking about the FISA worn into Carter Page yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that is not within the scope <laughs> of the examination or totally. you know, whatever. So that, that, and so maybe that's... Because it says the president's counsel. It doesn't say members, though. Hmm. Uh, and at the discretion of the chair in consultation with the ranking minority member, the committee may receive a concluding presentation from the president's counsel and committee counsel for the majority and minority. Um, should the president unlawfully refuse to make witnesses available for testimony or failure to produce documents requested by the investigative committees listed in the first section of House Resolution 660, in furtherance of the investigations, the chair shall have the discretion to impose appropriate remedies, including by denying specific requests by the president or his counsel under these procedures to call questions, call or question witnesses. So this actually says if the president obstructs justice and doesn't allow people to testify, they can shut out. They can stop the Republican. You, you don't get to question they can, these they witnesses. They forfeit their ability to question them. It, well, it's up to the chair. Yeah. At the discretion of the chair. They can remedy that. 
and these are the new rules because in the in the old rules you can't do that and everyone mm-hmm. has to have their equal time mm-hmm. and he's like i'll take your time away if you're a bitch mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> <clears throat> you know what i mean right <laughs> We've yet to come up with a good alternative word for bitch. We will. We are working on it. I yeah. want you to know that. So. Yeah, we are working on it tirelessly. <laughs> send your, <laughs> send your uh, suggestions to us on Twitter, at Daily Beans Pod. Mm-hmm. And we will be right back. We've got a lot more show. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by the best pair of pants in the wide world, the dress pant yoga pants by the good people at Beta Brand. Uh, it used to be if you wanted comfortable work-appropriate pants, you'd have to sacrifice style, but now you can have all three. With the Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants, they have a style to fit every taste, including straight leg, cropped, boot cut, skinny, premium denim, and my new favorite, their eight-pocket pants. And Beta Brand pants are made of four-way stretch pot-knit fabric that moves with you, so they feel like yoga pants, but they have thoughtful work-appropriate details like real belt loops, pockets, faux zippers, and buttons. And they come in dozens of colors and patterns. I have four pairs. I travel with them constantly because they're wrinkle-free. They, they travel well. They're perfectly stretchy, so I can wear them on the plane. They're professional, so I can wear them to meetings and transition right into cocktail hour. And with the eight-pocket pants, I don't have to carry a purse. I can leave it in my hotel room, and I love it. I used to buy my suiting off the rack, and I'd have to tailor it. They wouldn't stretch. They pinched. They had itchy tags. I was so uncomfortable I couldn't concentrate on my work and that's why I wear Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants all the time everywhere. So visit betabrand.com slash beans all lowercase to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. That's betabrand.com B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash beans all lowercase to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. There's been a little confusion with the status of the appeal and the motion for an emergency stay in the Mueller grand jury materials case. So, as we know, just for a little background, July 27th, House Judiciary, the Dems filed for the Mueller grand jury materials, meaning all the redacted things for grand jury and every interview and all the materials that were gathered in evidence in, in the grand jury room. And they did it invoking Article One impeachment powers. Trump sued to block it. And last week, the Dems won when Judge Beryl Howell said the impeachment is real. The impeachment is real. <laughs> therefore, it's a judicial proceeding. And therefore, it's exempt uh, to, from Rule 6E covering grand jury secrecy. So she gave until October 30th, Wednesday. That's yesterday if you're listening tomorrow. For the <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> tomorrow, I don't know what day it is. Well, yeah. Tomorrow's yesterday. <laughs> so she gave until October 30th for the Department of Justice to handle over the Mueller grand jury stuff. Um, The DOJ appealed and filed for an emergency stay. Uh, And we got an order Tuesday night from the appeals court saying uh, they were giving themselves until November 5th to decide on the stay. So it's like a temporary hold on handing over the materials while they, you know, mull over the the stay motion, the motion for emergency stay. Uh, What I didn't know was the Department of Justice filed two motions for a stay, one to the appeals court and one to the D.C. Circuit Court, Beryl Howell. And so last night, Howell flat out denied the stay. She took no time. She says denied. Um, <laughs> and it was pretty scathing, her denial. And she said that their arguments suffer from serious infirmities. Mm-hmm. She says, quote, the law is well settled. Much like Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> I like that word, infirmities. Infirmities. So the law is well settled that a stay of a final judicial order pending appeal is an extraordinary remedy. Remember we were talked about, I feel, I feel like they stay everything. They, apparently it's an extraordinary remedy. Mm. She says, SCOTUS has explained that a stay is an intrusion into the ordinary process of administration and judicial review, and such a stay is not a matter of right, even if irreparable injury might otherwise result to the appellant. So even if you can prove that you'll be irreparably harmed, you don't have a right to a stay. It's not a right. She then goes over the four burdens 
of the stay, saying uh, the first two were the most important uh, and should be the most weighted, which are the likelihood of winning your appeal on the merits and that irreparable harm will be done to you if, if the stay isn't put in place. Howell says in her denial that the Department of Justice is not likely to succeed on the merits, which include the argument that Mueller stuff isn't part of the impeachment because they're looking at Ukraine, not Mueller. And the impeachment isn't real. Um, say it's not a judicial proceeding. She says the serious infirmities in the Department of Justice's arguments have already been addressed at length. And then she cites all the cases where the courts have already given judicial proceeding a broad interpretation and say those decisions are binding D.C. Circuit precedent. And that rejects the Department of Justice's position. And that historical practice, the Federalist Papers, the text of the Constitution and the Supreme Court precedent all make it clear that impeachment trials are judicial in nature. So it's like, shut up Mm -hmm. with your dumbness. Mm -hmm. You have no merits here and you won't win on the appeal on the merits. Mm -hmm. And so... And then with the irreparable... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. And then with the irreparable irreparable harm thing, she was just like, I don't care. Well, (laughs) basically... (laughs) No, wait, that's us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember when we went over these four burdens before she made this ruling? And I said, and we said, first of all, the merits suck. They're not going to mm-hmm. win on the merits. Second of all, irreparable harm isn't a thing because it's grand jury material. It's being handed over in secret under seal to the Congress. Right. Not a problem. Not a point. That's exactly what she says here. Nice. So she says DOJ's minimal chance of success on appeal by itself is likely fatal to this motion. That your merits sucking so bad. I don't even have to look at the other three things, but let's do it for fun. <laughs> she says the DOJ fares no better in the other factors. The other factors are irreparable harm, public interest, and no harm to the other party. She says that since the merits suck so bad, they'd have to prove really, really critical irreparable harm from the disclosure of the material. And she tore that apart, just like we said. There are protocols in place to keep grand jury material secret, and the House Judiciary Committee has assured the court it would follow those protocols. And so then she took apart the last two factors and concluded the court finds all four factors, including both critical factors, favor allowing disclosure uh, to occur while the case is considered on appeal. And she says, accordingly, it is hereby ordered that the Department of Justice's motion to stay is denied. Hell yeah. And she's so there. Dude, judges are freaking smart. (laughs) There's so much like logic and thinking that goes into writing an opinion and ruling on things. Mm -hmm. God damn. When I was a kid, I used to just think they were like, Eh. Just, just, yes. just people in robes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you're guilty. Mm, <laughs> guilty. Yeah. That's crazy. She's smart as shit. But I have to say, I'm so <laughs> proud fun. of us, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. Because if you listen to our previous episode, if you look at our script of our four, of going over the four burdens, we said what she said. Mm-hmm. And we didn't cite the cases because I don't know. I, I can't cite case mm-hmm. law. But I'm like, well, it's just seems. And I think we also, did we also talk about how their counter argument to the irreparable, fuck, I can't say, I can't say (laughs) that word. Irreparable harm argument. uh, They would say, well, they're doing it, they're going to leak it. Yeah. That that, that, that was what they would say. Yeah. But it's like you Mm -hmm. can't really set a precedent on an assumption like that. And that's what she says. Very good. Nice. Very good. She's like, yeah, no, there's procedures. They aren't going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're throwing this out to the public at large. Right. You can't be like, what if when they're walking the stuff across the street, they get struck by lightning and the papers go everywhere (laughs) and the public comes and picks it up? What then? What rule is that? (laughs) You can't just say that. Anti-lightning ink. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and put beans on the appeals court denying the stay as well. I had thought, and this is where I was incorrect. I said, I, you know, they'll probably grant the stay because they seem to be granting the stays. That seems to be what's happening. Mm. But I only have a couple of years of, you know, looking into this stuff. And I have no law degree. I've never even been to one day of law school. And I didn't know, but Judge Hal just taught us that 
it's not the normal remedy. It shouldn't be expected. Yeah, that's interesting because, like you say, we have seen so many stays recently, and maybe we've only recently been paying attention in the past few years, but it seems like that's just kind of a natural part of the process. Mm-hmm. It happens, you stay, you think, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But. Totally. Because in all of the other cases that we're following closely, at least with Mazar's mm-hmm. Capital One, Deutsche Bank, the tax returns, all of that yeah, has been stayed on yeah. appeal. Um, for irreparable irreparable harm. But what's interesting is that's because it's not grand jury material. And so there is a chance of irreparable Mm -hmm. harm because if we get the tax returns and it just goes to the House Ways and Means Committee, it could that's that could go public pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But these are subject to grand jury secrecy rules. And so there's she's like, no, no, no. I'm glad that she said that, too, because I was like you just kind of getting so sick of it but accepting mm-hmm. that that's what's normal yeah, is to like, just delay oh well this is just the next step mm-hmm. but, yeah, I just feel like she's in there yelling like what are you talking about yeah. there can are no picture, merits can picture her in her chamber going what the fuck are these people <laughs> thinking yes. yeah yeah uh, we thought about that too when uh, Judge Jackson got the redacted stone stuff from the Mueller report she's mm-hmm. just sitting back there drinking a cup of tea like <laughs> doing spit take after spit take <laughs> reading about stone uh, and she already probably knows that Trump lied. She already probably knows yeah. what's in this mm-hmm. grand jury material. Just stuff. like, how did such idiocy make its way across my desk <laughs> that I've worked so hard Pounding to attain? This is what I'm dealing with now? <laughs> yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this is not the law I wanted to practice. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she's also like, this is really historical and important, and I'm going to make sure I get these decisions made and yes, make them I right. So. Probably that. And yeah, you also have to take that into consideration when it's stuff involving the president. You have to make mm-hmm. sure that you're doing it at like erring on the side of conservative conservative. And she's explaining exactly why mm-hmm. for each step mm-hmm. in the process for those of us who may not understand how mm-hmm. this works. So that's totally. Yeah. And so when we went over the four, uh, I call them the f- the four burdens. <laughs> that's probably not what they're called. <laughs> I I love their second album. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's what burdens. I call my children. <laughs> Just kidding. Sounds I don't biblical. Have kids. And the four <laughs> burdens came from heaven and things spilled and blood and frogs. Uh, yeah, so when we went over them, I was like, none of these seem like they would work, but but they keep staying everything. So I'm just going to think that they stay stuff. And now I'm I'm like, no, I should have gone with my gut. Mm. And and that's why I'm going to put beans on the appeals court doing it too. The three judges are all three Obama appointees. By so the way. Barr is allowed to appeal the judge that said he couldn't do something on top of appealing another court. That's what he did. Yeah. And I think that might have been the reason that, that maybe Howell was so upset is because you're supposed to just appeal with the judge that just decided your case mm-hmm. or, or you're supposed to file a motion with them for the stay. And they just went ahead and filed it right with the appeals court, too, at the same time. And so uh-huh. I was like, well, denied. And, and yeah. the appeals court is, oh, we better make this look good. We need until next Tuesday to decide. And I think they might deny it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they deny it, those materials get handed over as yeah, early. I mean, Howell and, made a compelling case, and I don't see how you refute right? that in another venue. Yeah, totally. And that's a good point, Julie, because th- the fact that she's put this out there mm-hmm. and, and put it out now. Anything they say, if, if they're contrary to it, they're going to look like idiots. Mm-hmm. Now you're overturning another judge's ruling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I don't think three Obama appointees are going to do that yeah, anyway. And and again, I don't mean to say that Obama appointees are liberal or are you know anti-Trump. They're they're just more judicious than mm-hmm. Trump they're appointees. Just that's better. All. <laughs> <laughs> they're just better. And you know it. it yes. And I know it. <laughs> and that's it. So that D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals stay is still into a, is still in effect. Um, 
But how amazing would it be for Congress to get the Mueller roadmap before Thanksgiving? Uh, as you know, I've said I believe there is documentary evidence in those materials that Trump lied to prosecutors, which is what Clinton was impeached for. But instead of lying about a blowjob, Trump lied about foreknowledge of WikiLeaks dumps of hacked materials stolen by Russia that would help him win the election. That alone could push the public needle to 60 percent for impeachment, which I think could make us start seeing GOP senators. Mm-hmm fall like dominoes. So don't let anyone tell you what Mueller did was pointless. It might be the reason Trump is removed from office if he's impeached. Mm-hmm. So put some beans on it. Nice. And we'll be right back. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by the amazing people at Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes covering creative, technology, and entrepreneurial skills. Lifelong learning is so critical to our well-being. So whether you're rediscovering an old passion or looking to start a side hustle, Skillshare has you covered. You can take classes in everything from photography and creative writing to design, productivity, and more. I'm all about the productivity right now, so I'm currently taking classes in time management and how to delegate to get outstanding results. Uh, I've always had a hard time letting go of tasks, but Skillshare is helping me learn these new skills so I can optimize my time. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Daily Beans listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free by heading to Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. So sign up now. Go to Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. Start your two months now. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's get social. Hashtag. All right, so trending on Twitter right now is Epstein. Uh, This time because apparently his brother hired a private medical examiner who said, or forensic pathologist, who was formerly a medical examiner, who says that because of a broken hyoid bone in Epstein's neck, this must be a homicide. Uh, But beware. Dr. Baden, who was the New York medical examiner in New York in 1978, but was fired from that job only after a year, and he's a Fox News contributor, uh, and he's Epstein's brother, uh, and he made the announcement of his findings on Fox and Friends. (laughs) So something to consider. Also, that his brother is the guy who hired this guy, and his brother might not be entitled to Epstein's life insurance in the event of suicide. Mm -hmm. Most insurance policies do not allow that. So if there's a conspiracy Mm -hmm. here, it's not that Epstein was murdered. It's that his brother is trying to call this a homicide so he can get his insurance money. So that's what's far more likely. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is what needs to be investigated. When was a life insurance policy taken out? Because it's usually a two-year window for death by suicide, and then it starts the clock again. Uh, And then... Also, how much was taken out, and has he has he collected? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Epstein was a huge criminal. So if the the bro blood is tainted as well, yeah. Or did someone else collect? And basically, they should just find out if he received any large sums of money, or any LLCs or holdings yeah. or offshore accounts that yeah. he has mm-hmm. might have a lot. Because it's not just going to be like, oh, let's just check out of his Bank of America, bro, and see if he went in there. These guys aren't Bank of America people. These yeah. are right. You know, offshore. Well, that's why he people. put all this stuff in a trust right before. The day before, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I we think. Can't trace it. Yeah, and it's like no one that believes in this conspiracy theory wholeheartedly has given any adequate explanation for why he was found just a couple weeks before he was found dead, looking like he had attempted to. I thought there was some implication that the cellmate might have, the cellmate might have, been responsible for that because he was a you know. Quadruple. Oh, the the cop murder. that killed okay, people. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. The, I the mean, kill copper, I mean, not the cop the, killer. <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess yeah, that's plausible. I don't know. The whole thing yeah. just seems so like strange. 
Occam's razor. Mm-hmm. Prisons are underfunded. Dudes fell asleep. Cameras were broken. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he took out or he put a, hid all his money in a trust fund. Yeah. Died by suicide the next day. Uh, plus this doctor, Doctor Baden, that his brother hired. There's no new findings here. He's rehashing the broken hyoid bone theory right. that we've yeah. already heard been this before. over. Yeah. Sketchy. Yeah, and it's like it's not impossible <clears throat> for it to happen. I do believe that it's unlikely. I believe that. What do you think of all the things that had to have occurred? Right. In order for that to happen and Mm -hmm. it just becomes impossible. Yeah. I love me a good conspiracy theory. Look. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, they've got a lot of weird little tidbits like the camera footage and... Fell asleep. and Fell asleep. Falsified the logbook. Yeah. That just sounds like government to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's just shit that happens. Underfunded government. government. That just sounds like an underfunded prison. Oh, God. That's true. Jesus. And and so pay your taxes, folks. <laughs> you know how people actually died. Yes. So please do that. But it just doesn't smell right to me. Like I said, take it as you will. I personally think, like I said, he hid the money in the trust, died by suicide the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality to me is that none of it sounds like it all checks out, really. But because uh, I could see, of course, I could. That was see. a lot of failures. Right. That's the thing. It's a lot of failures. Yeah. It, yeah. And but I could, I could see the argument. You know why someone would want to kill him. I could see that. That's of conceivable. There's mo- right? Like there's a lot of motive. There's totally mm-hmm. a lot of motive. By a lot of very powerful people. Yes, exactly. But still, but why just after the trust? Yeah. I mean, the timing of that is just too coincidental exactly. for Epstein. Yep. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. just all. And we'll never fucking you like, know. You like Probably. yourself a good conspiracy theory. Get on that conspiracy theory of his brother hiring this doctor to fake some shit to try to get that insurance yes. money. Well, yeah. I didn't f- I didn't finish my sentence. Oh. I love myself a good conspiracy theory, but <laughs> I don't think that this one checks out enough for me to really invest enough mental energy in that, too. <laughs> that, very yeah. good point. Yes. Speaking of investing mental energy, let's move on. Uh, trending also. Jack, the CEO of Twitter has crafted a thread Wednesday saying, we've made the decision to stop selling all political advertising. We believe political message reach should not be er, should be earned, not bought. Why? A few reasons. And I'm just going to read you his thread real quick. A political message earns reach when people decide to follow an account or retweet. Paying for reach removes that decision, forcing highly optimized and targeted political messages on people. We believe this decision should not be compromised by money. Can, Jack, can you also do that with those Twitter surveys? Because, oh my God! Uh, unless you give me a blue check mark, hate those things. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, he says, while internet advertising is incredibly powerful and very effective for commercial advertisers, that power brings significant risk to politics, where it can be used to influence votes and affect the lives of millions. Internet political ads represent entirely new challenges to civic discourse. Machine learning-based optimization of messaging and micro-targeting, unchecked misleading information, and deep fakes. Uh, all at increasing velocity, sophistication, and overwhelming scale. These challenges will affect all internet communication, not just political ads, but best to focus our efforts on the root problems without the additional burden and complexity of taking big money, taking without the additional burden and complexity that taking big, big money brings. <laughs> I'm Jack. Um, trying to fix both means fixing neither well and harms our credibility. So he's like, you can't do both at the same yeah. time or they mm-hmm. bo- uh, both outcomes suck. For instance, it's not credible for us to say we're working hard to stop people from gaming our system to spread misleading information. But if someone pays us to target and force people to see their political ad, well, they can say whatever they want. We considered stopping only candidate ads, but issue ads present a way to circumvent that. Additionally, it isn't fair for everybody, but candidates, excuse me, additionally, it isn't fair for everyone, but candidates to buy ads for issues they want to push. So we're stopping those, too. Um, 
We are well aware we're a small part of a much larger political advertising ecosystem. Some might argue our actions today could favor incumbents, but we've witnessed many social movements reach massive scale without any political advertising. I trust this will only grow. In addition, we need more forward-looking political ad regulation. Very difficult to do. Ad transparency requirements are progress, but not enough. The Internet provides entirely new capabilities, and regulators need to think past the present day uh, and to ensure all to ensure a level playing field. Um, we'll share the final policy November 15th, including a few exceptions. Uh, that's when McCabe uh, stuff is due. They mm-hmm. have to either charge McCabe or dismiss the case. November 15th, big day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's when they'll share the policy, including a few exceptions, like ads in support of re- voter registration, for example, will be allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start enforcing the policy on 1122 to provide current advertisers a notice. And a final note, this isn't about free expression. This is about paying for reach. And paying to increase the reach of political speech has significant ramifications that today's democratic infrastructure may not be prepared to handle. It's worth stepping back in order to address. Nice. That was the most eloquent slam dunk on Facebook I've ever read, right? Twitter. That was a total... No, but that was no, a total... A reflection on... Oh, on, oh, oh, yeah. oh. Because it makes Zuckerberg look like even more of a dick. I see yeah. what you're saying. Slam dunk on face, Not like... Slam dunk of a post that I've yeah. seen on Facebook. Okay, no, 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 it, yeah, it. yeah. Sorry, like a like a dig. Yes, a total. That, yeah, just totally just total is in response dig on to the Facebook. Coin. <laughs> yeah, Facebook's like we're gonna run anything you want that mm-hmm. can say anything all the time. How fascinating is that? It's like two entirely different philosophies to this new. I wonder if Zuckerberg's going to be pressured now to enact something similar, right? And what's weird is Jack is the right wing guy, and Zuckerberg is the left wing guy. Mm-hmm. And so now Zuckerberg's meeting with right wing guys and allowing lies to be put on his platform. And Jack is is is, and this is totally in response. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to let you pay for reach. Yeah. I am frankly. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Can't believe Twitter did something right for once. Right. Now, can you take Trump off Twitter, though? (laughs) (laughs) He's a political ad. Yeah. Yes. Will he be? He won't be able to post political ads. Trump won't be able to post his campaign ads. Yeah, that'd be great. <gasps> oh, that'd be so great. Wonderful. He'll just keep posting altered dog pictures instead. Isn't everything <sighs> he posts a campaign ad technically? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Does he I promote? Agree with this. He must have promoted posts with money to get to the fame level that he was at on Twitter before he was president though his ellipses right? tweet got 41,000 likes so that means that's about how many bots follow him mm. if you think about it <laughs> the dot the thing was like dot 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 yeah <laughs> yeah four dots so <laughs> it wasn't even he, a- he was actually saying burisma in that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what that tweet meant mm-hmm. that was he, the burisma tweet yeah he also joe biden that, tapes yeah, yeah joe biden tapes all over the place he also called that tweet the four burdens <laughs> the, the period. He's one big burden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, he is the biggest burden. Uh, the big orange I burden. hate him so much. God. Yeah. He, I know. I, yeah, that tweet had no words, but he managed to make it grammatically incorrect by yes, adding a dot to an ellipsis. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, the show. Nice. We got all that. Yeah, we did it. Any cool. final thoughts? How are you, Amanda? Pretty good. Good. <laughs> Um, yeah, sometimes I have these moments of like resurfacing sort of where it feels like I've been in some foggy twilight zone where all of this is happening, but it is not real. Oh, that where you step back from it for a minute and go, whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's like, I mean, it's heightened freak out because it's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. This is all like very, very real still. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ah. It's getting better though. 
I think. The news is getting much better. The news is getting better. Mm-hmm. I, I now have I'm shifted. Happy. Yes. I've now have shifted from feeling entirely, entirely kind of like emotionally disassociated um, and not being able to process anything and feeling like very ho- helpless, hopeless. Yeah. Both. And <laughs> coming on here and just like doing our job. Yeah, just, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But now I'm finally starting to feel more present and confident in that we're actually just documenting and witnessing his downfall mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I've that gone, is how I feel. I've gone from... Knock on wood. I've Yeah, I'm with you. I've gone from hopeless to hopeful yeah. again. It, it's an, it it's seems a in nice slow feeling. motion sometimes, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. Government moves slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. I know you're all mad about that. Yes. <laughs> People are like, oh, this Supreme Court is taking forever. Yeah. I'm like, it's not really. Yeah. It's going really fast. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm the parent of like a four-year-old child at a soccer game that's taking for fucking ever to get the ball across. <laughs> I'm like, go, go, go. Like walking alongside them on the sidelines. Do you remember about three months into the Mueller investigation where we're like, I can feel it. It's coming. It's coming. Like, mm-hmm. like we're waiting for the beat to drop. And we've we uh, like what do we compare it to like just one of those dubstep songs with and we're like waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And it's we're still and but I feel like finally the beat's about to drop and I'm really excited about that. I know I said that three months into the Mueller investigation, but this time I mean it. Yeah, when we have our big ball impeachment party which i really really think we should have we talked about that when this was first a thing um it will just be exclusively dubstep oh no (laughs) (laughs) well then i'm gonna make my own party Uh. it's ironic ag Uh, ironic dubstep (laughs) sometimes the irony is not worth the music Do you have any final thoughts, Julie? Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I can uh, come back for another round sometime. Yes, thank you. Where can I'm people follow it. you? Oh, gosh. I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Bella Fortunate. Mm-hmm. B-E-L-L-A Fortunate. Fortunate. Perfect. Okay. Correct. And I'm on Facebook, but, you know. Your Facebook <laughs> posts are so funny. If you're still they on are. Facebook, if you haven't, you know, kicked I them in the face Facebook. yet. Can't do that. Then uh, I recommend following her, her tweet. Everything she yes. says, really Super hilarious. Funny. Julie Lynn, yeah, Julie Lynn, very, very, also very smart. Thank you for coming. I'm glad this Thank worked you for out. Having me. It was yeah. wonderful. Yes. Now, when do you go back up to Sack Sack Town? Um, <laughs> the weekend. Okay. okay, the weekend. So nice. Uh, L.A. stop in between. Yes. Yeah, makes yes. sense. Watch out for those fires. Thank yeah. you. There's plenty of them out there. It yeah. Seems. Yeah. The Easy Fire went from 300 acres to over. 1400 in like that's the reagan half an hour yeah that's the, the one that library almost took fire. out the new one's breaking library. out every day it seems yeah the yeah. winds are so so like windy like 50 oh, miles an hour yeah, yeah. The, the winds are windy the wind, i don't know but, what wind strong strong mm. strong winds <laughs> yeah um, when we were there and it's so dry mm-hmm. yeah when they when we were there recording with margaret it was just insane it truly just felt like a blow dryer oh yeah. yeah well it's that time i mean if you think about the the cycles of our of our growth and rain and mm-hmm. fires we had the 2006 fires we had the 2013 fires and now we have these are yeah, the two and they tend to mm-hmm. often start fires. in the fall like this so mm-hmm. we just yeah, need to every get six years to in october and hopefully that'll quell it a little bit yeah, yeah. i was he- hearing an interesting i forget her name and what she does <laughs> But my really interesting moment has been brought <laughs> to you by. She was informed, and she she lives in Oakland, and she was talking about sort of the progression 
she was talking from an anthropological background, it sounded, and, and just how we keep developing into these areas that are so shrubby and very prone to fires. Mm-hmm. And like indigenous people were would intentionally burn things, right? Because like the land wants to burn. But now that we have so much humans living in all of these areas, it's it creates this like crazy dilemma on top of you know, climate change mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff, too. Oh, yeah, there's but it's probably just a, like a hundred variables that we suck right. at all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly humans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid humans. Definitely <laughs> stupid humans. Well, on that note. And on that cheerful note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really have any final thoughts other than uh, love you guys, and we'll see you in Boston on November 7th. And... I think there are a few tickets left, so check that out. That is a Mueller She Wrote joint, though. This is the Daily Beans, so please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I'm Julie Lynn. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>